Triple Content Creations presents Disability After Dark, the premier podcast shining light on sex and disability with your host, Andrew Gerza. Disability After Dark with Andrew Gerza. Shining a bright light on sex and disability. Content warning. The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming to this brand new episode of Disability After Dark. As always, I'm your host, Andrew Gerza. Really happy you're here to talk sex and disability with me, and let's get started with the show. Before we get too too started, I just want to let you know that this podcast over November was in the top 10 sex charts in Canada and the U.S., roughly between the two of them six or seven times. That's amazing for a little niche show about sex and disability to go so far, and that's totally because of you, the listener. I really appreciate that people listen to this show and the numbers for the show are so high. We're we're at twenty eight thousand uh one hundred and ninety let me check. Twenty eight thousand one hundred and ninety six right now, which I think is incredible and just speaks to the volumes that this show can can reach and speaks to how much we want to have these conversations. So to everybody who has listened, downloaded, pledged, tweeted, sent me suggestions Help me by listening to the show before it's aired to make sure that it sounds okay. Uh, g- given me ideas. Talk to me about things I may have done that's really great and, or things that I may have done that weren't so great. All of this makes this, this so much better and makes this conversation and these conversations around disability that much more important. So thank you so much. Now, really, let's get on with the show. For this particular episode, I want to explore and look at how illness and disability affect our sexuality. And when I say illness, I I started off by meaning that I wanted to talk about how when you are disabled, then you also become sick. But there were people on my Facebook page and on the social media page who questioned that and said, how do you define illness? Are we talking about disability? Are we talking about something outside of that, and then I started to think about it more, and I was like, well, let's talk about how disability-related illnesses also affect our how we feel about our sex, our bodies, our sexuality, or our sexual capital. So that's what the show is going to be about today, and I titled it Sick, Sexy, and Disabled. So let's do it. Let's talk about it right now. Why this is so important for me, this particular episode, is because I am currently dealing with a joyous recurrent illness that keeps popping up in my life that I really wish would stop being there. So in September, I contracted C. difficile clostridium, which is an intestinal bug that you get when you take too many antibiotics. So when I was... I was dealing with some recurrent UTIs recently because of my catheter, the joys of being stabbed in the dick with a catheter all the time. 
and so I went to the doctor and they were like, here's antibiotics, take this, you'll be fine. And I was fine for a while and then I, I had to take them again and again. And with the recurrence of these, these antibiotics, I contracted C. difficile. And so one day I had explosive diarrhea, which when you're disabled is really horrible because you can't take care of yourself or clean yourself up or any of that. So I, I was getting sicker and sicker and I had a fever and I wasn't feeling well at all. And I, I called my mom and said, what the fuck do I do? And she was like, go to the hospital. And the hospital tested my poo and said, you have this C. difficile thing. Uh, so we have to admit you. And I thought, oh, fuck. You're going to admit me to the, ho- to the hospital? As a disabled person, when you hear the words, we're going to admit you to the hospital, you might think that you feel safe and secure there because you're disabled and you they can take care of you there, right? Well, when, well, when you're in the hospital and you're sick and you're disabled also, typically what happens is they don't know how to treat you because they assume that everything that's wrong with you is related to your disability. And they generally don't have enough care staff to provide you the care you require. So being admitted to the hospital for any amount of time as a disabled person is never never a fun thing. Never something that, that I, as a disabled person, feel super jazzed about. So they admitted me for, this, for, the, for a couple of days. And they had me in this big isolation room where the nurses and doctors had to wear all these gowns. And it had to be like super... It was a basically a quarantine room that I was in, which, which you know, you don't feel sexy when everybody has to come in and wearing quarantine clothes just to see you. Um, so being in this room gave me a lot of time to think and overthink about my disability, and I thought about so many things, and one of the things that I thought about a lot, I remember, wait, let me backtrack. I remember lying in this hospital bed, this big bed, this big room, sick, really sick, thinking to myself, when will I ever have sex again? Or will I ever have sex again? I started thinking that this was possibly the end of the world, and now this illness had taken me out, and I'll I'll never have sex again, and I'll never, ever, ever be seen as sexy again, ever. This worry that I have is something that continues to be a principal worry for me as a disabled sick person. It's like, okay, all this stuff is happening. I have C. diff and you got to do all this stuff and you got to come see me with your gloves on, doctor, and your gowns and all these things. But I will do all these things with you if you can tell me when I'm going to get, when I'm going to no longer be sick and when I'm going to also have sex again, doctor. Can you tell me that? Can you let me know? Can you advise me of that? And typically they can't because... We don't think of sex in the hospital, but it's something as a disabled person, you realize how, if this illness takes you out, one, it's, it's one more obstacle to, to your sexuality. I would stay up at night in the hospital and was super worried about, like, I would go on like the apps and I would talk to people and be like I wonder if they would come over and just hang out and just sit there while I was sick and I wondered like if somebody would just come over and and chill and I I would really worry about will I ever be seen by anybody as sexy again or is this is this like the last time that I'll be able to think of sex or or consider having it or like will I never get to do that again it's a legitimate thing that I constantly constantly was worried about and 
I, I talk about this because this C difficile thing has recurred. It's I think it's back now. It started this weekend, this past weekend. It just sort of cropped up again. So it's something that I'm constantly thinking about now. It's like, great, my sexuality has to be taken away again and has to be put on hold and be stopped. And that feels really... I'm really frustrated by that. I'm really frustrated that I have to stop again because my body doesn't want to do what I want to do. It doesn't want to work the way I want it to work. And there's nothing I can do as a disabled person. I just have to accept the sickness and, and try to deal with it. But it does make me think about my body in a completely different way. It's like, I can deal with all your ableism. I can deal with you being unable to handle the fact that I'm a wheelchair user. I can deal with the mythology that you think that I can't get an erection or that it's necessary for me to have an erection to feel pleasure. I can deal with the fact that you don't do people in wheelchairs. I can deal with all of that. But what I have trouble dealing with is when now I have to also prove to you that I'm a disabled sick person and I also deserve sexual attention and, and being sick doesn't mean that I don't that I'm not sexy at all. That's hard to deal with. And you get I get really angry with my disability sometimes for putting me in a place where I am now also sick. I get really frustrated because I think to myself, of course you would have C difficile or of course you would get this contract this issue because you're disabled and it totally makes sense that you would have this and now because of that you're going to be punished and you you no one will ever see you sexy again that's a tape that i play often within myself when i'm sick i often am like oh yeah of course i have this i would have it because i'm disabled so of course i would get sick there's a lot more to come on this episode of disability after dark but first We're going to play some ads from our awesome sponsor and some great listeners. So we'll do that and we'll be right back on Disability After Dark, the podcast shining light on sex and disability with your host, Andrew Gerza. Hi, this is Dallas Steele and I listen to Disability After Dark, the podcast to shine a bright light on sex and disability with Andrew Gerza. This episode of Disability After Dark is brought to you in part by La Petite More. La Petite More is a Hamilton, Ontario, Canada-based sex toy company operated by Haroon Sperling. A 1NB operation, they are committed to body safety, body positivity, and a gender-neutral approach to their toys. Head to petitemore.ca to check them out and be sure to use coupon code AFTERDARK for free shipping at checkout. PetiteMore.ca Adult. Queer. Safe. This episode of Disability After Dark is a handmade piece of crippled content created just for you. We record, edit, and produce each piece of this show to bring disability to you in a fresh, honest, and sexy way. Help us create more episodes and support crippled content creation by heading over to our Patreon page. That's www.patreon.com slash and pledging if you can. Your monthly pledge goes towards things like audio equipment, podcast hosting subscriptions, and everything we need to bring this disability-centered program to you. By pledging your support, you're showing that disability content has value, means something, 
and deserves a place in our media landscape. Thank you for supporting this podcast. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by the worker owners of Come As You Are. Come As You Are has the peculiar distinction of being the world's only worker-owned cooperative sex shop. With feminist and anti-capitalist values, Come As You Are only carries sexuality products that they truly believe in at the lowest price possible. Get free shipping at www.comeasyouare.com using coupon code AFTERDARK. If you hearken back to the second episode of this program, you'll hear me talk about sex drive and how what it's like to have a sex drive as a queer disabled person. I wanted to bring back the discussion of sex drive for this particular episode because when you're sick and disabled, your sex drive can wax and wane. And I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Alright everybody, you should know when I'm sick, my personal sex drive goes to the moon and back. I am the horniest person when I am the most ill. I'm so horny. And I think part of that is because sex, the sex is that much more impossible now. The idea of being sexual on top of being disabled is now on top of being sick. And therefore, it's so much more impossible to get, to get laid, to have sex, to be considered sexy. There's another giant obstacle to that. And that's why I become the horniest person ever when I'm sick. When I was in the hospital recently, I was like full of hormones all the time and I couldn't do anything about it and it was which made me so depressed and so unhappy. And I started having fantasies of all the sex that I was going to have the minute I was better and all of the the like poolside fucking that I was going to do the minute I was out of the hospital and better. And I I kind of thought that that kind of that those fantasies were a little bit ableist because I kept imagining like that all these able-bodied men were going to fuck me and it was going to be super great once I was better. And it was weird that I also kind of thought that like once I was better, all the ableism that I had experienced would stop happening, which didn't happen and wouldn't happen. But it's funny that my brain went there and was like, hey, the minute this illness is gone, you'll be 100% fuckable and everybody will want to do you and all the things you've experienced will stop happening. Sadly, they have not. When I'm sick, also, I really crave... I am an attention-seeking, sick, disabled person. I really want attention, especially from people who are going to make me feel sexy about myself and are going to make me feel really kind of in tune with my body and really say, like, it doesn't matter you're having projectile diarrhea. I will still fuck you one day. Don't worry about it. It doesn't matter that you can't walk and you're shitting yourself i will fuck you one day don't worry i'm really into hearing that i'm still sexy when i'm sick i need to hear that from people so what i'll do sometimes and when i was in the hospital i did this a lot i texted all the people that i wanted to fuck or was fucking or was hanging out with and was like hey i'm in the hospital i'm super sick can you like send me some sexy memes about stuff or send me some texts about the feelings that i would really amp up the fact that I was sick thinking that because they thought I was because they knew I was disabled already they would like oh he's sick too like okay I'll I'll slap on more sympathy because he's also sick which was ridiculous but I really wanted them to hear like 
Don't worry, Andrew. I'll totally fuck you. Anyway, regardless of you being sick and disabled, I will fuck you one day. Don't worry. By asking them that, and by, like, saying I'm sick, and, like, do you think I'm still hot, and doing all those, like, texts like that, what I'm really saying is, hey, if this thing, if this, if this illness becomes a, a longer-term thing and part of my identity, you'll stick around, right? So, in asking that, I'm dealing with my own internalized ableism by basically asking people that I'm fucking, if something goes awry, you'll still be here for that, right? Like, you've accepted that I'm, I'm disabled, will you also accept the fact that I might be sick too? The other thing that I do sometimes is I don't, I won't text anybody at all if I'm sick, uh, if I'm going through stuff. Because I think, I don't want them to see me at anything other than my best. I have to, I have to show them that I'm, you know, sexy and, and fuckable all the time. And if I'm really sick and disabled, then they won't ever want to do that. So I can't talk to them because what's the point if we can't ever, if, if I can't flirt or feel sexy or have them think I'm sexy, then why would they want to talk with me? So sometimes I won't talk to the people that I really want to talk to, which makes me depressed even more, because I don't want them to see me as sick and disabled. I don't want to take on the sick role for them. I wanted to hear from other disabled people how they navigated being sick, sexy, and disabled, and what how their sex drive played into that, and what all that meant for them. And so I put it on social media, and I reached out to some friends of mine. So first, we're going to hear from my friend, Kristen Williams, who you may remember from episode 24 of the podcast. She talks about being sick, disabled, and whether or not she feels sexy when that's happening. What she talks about is how sometimes she doesn't, and how sometimes she ignores her sickness because she wants to engage in sex. So as far as like dismissal and disability, sexuality, and sickness, uh, I think because of ableism, internalized ableism, and medical ableism, I have learned very well that my body doesn't matter to the extent where I have to retrain myself to think otherwise. I kind of have to like learn that symptoms, when symptoms of my disability gets worse, it means that something else is wrong. Uh, and that's been a hard thing for me to learn all throughout, throughout my adulthood, just because it doesn't come naturally to me. I've been taught to dismiss myself for as long as I can remember. Uh, so as far as dismissal and sickness goes, I have had sex being really sick in the past. Uh, and like I've known that I've been sick. Uh, I've had it where I've had a fever and, uh, you know, a, a really bad headache. And I just kind of thought that, you know, well, sex is good for your well-being, so I might as well just have sex anyways. Even though I wasn't really that into it, I convinced myself that, like, my health doesn't matter at this moment. Like, I sexuality is tightly linked to, like, validity for me, unfortunately, and I wish it wasn't. But I think that it's it's two things are at play. It's the feeling valid as a sexual being and it's also the dismissal like the idea that I should be ignoring myself or my body is not important so that kind of ends in me doing things like having sex when I should be you know maybe going to the hospital or taking care of myself or like 
paying attention to my body. It seems common sense, I think, to people that are not disabled. And I've had countless numbers of people say, like, why don't you pay attention? Like, some people think my pain tolerance is just really high. In truth, I don't think that it's abnormally high. I think that I just ignore myself so well that I could, I could have sex. Like, that, the day that I'm referring to where I did that, the time that I'm thinking of, I had sex multiple times that day. And then I went to the hospital the next day and I realized that I had a bladder infection, which I had probably had for months. And doctors were telling me that at that point I was lucky to not be delirious. Uh, so like, it just kind of speaks to me about the level of ignorance that I've taught myself or that I've learned when it comes to my body. Um, I think that sexuality and sickness don't go together at all. And for me to kind of uh, put those two things together creates like some sort of existential crisis for me. So when I think of my sexuality, I don't think of myself as being sick. And when I'm sick, I have trouble thinking of my, my sexuality at all. Like they just don't even live in the same realm for me. When I put this question out to my social media followers, I also got some really inter interesting and important responses. I had one person tell me that they, since becoming both sick and disabled they've given up on sex and relationships altogether because it's just simply too hard their quote actually says and i'll read it out loud because it's really important it's i found that since i became sick as opposed to just disabled i've kind of decided the idea of a relationship is too much for me i worry that i won't have the energy left over to give a pr another person what they need Someone else commented, in a totally different vein, sex heals me. I know I might be in the minority, but touch is my best medicine. Mine, too. Someone said, as a chronic pain sufferer, I don't want to be touched because it hurts or feels uncomfortable when I'm sick. Being sick definitely does a number on my sex drive. My favorite comment, though, from everybody who commented here, was from sex educator Alex S. Morgan, and they left me a nice, big, meaty comment, which I'm getting to right now as I'm just trying to find it. It was really, really good. They said, if I'm short-term sick, something catching, as a person with who's on immunosuppressants, I'm extra cautious of the need to check in before knowingly engaging in high-contact activities while contagious, so that's usually my number one concern. They continue, My sex drive is sometimes, but not always, diminished when I get sick. Sometimes my sex drive is on high, but my give-a-damn desire to engage or general energy level is so low that I don't want to act on it, even solo, and so I just lie there being annoyed and horny at life. It's so true, it's so true. They also talk about how chronic illness and sexiness has made them take some hits to their sexual ego via arthritis. Knees, jaw, neck, hands, and lower back aren't always as happy to cooperate over extended periods of time. Um, having to stop sex with new people because of severe migraine things. They also worry that their illness has made them think about mortality and age and, f and all those feels when they're trying to engage in sex and so it makes them think about a lot of different things but it was uh, one of the things they said actually in their 
trying to find it out was really funny. One of the things they said about being sick and sexy and disabled, they said, here it is, here it is. Different types of short-term sick have different impacts on my sexiness. It's really hard for me to feel sexy with a head cold or a GI bug. Having a bladder infection usually makes play uncomfortable. And I've learned the hard way that trying to deep throw with a congested nose, <laughs> trying to deep throw with a congested nose is a recipe for snot and failure. But a more general flu or similar usually means I want to still feel sexy and desirable. But I feel unwell at the same time. So I really appreciate that they were willing to share how sexiness and disability and illness coincide for them. I just want you to know if you are currently feeling sick and and disabled right now, I want you to know that I see you. You are a sexy motherfucking unicorn and I'm here for you. Case in point, I'm sitting in my house right now in a depend, hoping that I don't shit myself because the C. diff is real, friends. The C. diff is real. Um, and I am still finding ways to feel sexy. So I see you. I love you. And if you're feeling sick, sexy, and disabled, I got your back. I don't have much else to say on this episode, but if you want to share your views, you can always tweet me, send me an email, or let me know if you want to be a guest on the show. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of Disability After Dark, the premier podcast shining light on sex and disability. If you like what you hear and want to hear more, read my blogs, book me to bring sex and disability to you, or you simply want to leave a review of the podcast, head over to www.andrewgerza.com. Also, if you're listening to this program in iTunes, please rate and review us so more people can find the show. Also, leave us a like on our brand new Facebook page at facebook.com slash disabilityafterdark. Hey there, Disability After Dark listeners. Just a brief production note. I know I've been changing the dates of when the show actually gets released. Over the last few weeks, one day it's Sunday, then it's Monday, then it's Friday. So look, I've decided to change the date permanently of the release for this show to be on Fridays. I, I'm not going to change it again. It was too, I was just trying to see what worked and what didn't work and what I liked. And I figure if you can get free music on iTunes on Fridays, why not get a free brand new episode of Disability After Dark, right? So the new episodes will be coming out to you on your podcast apps Fridays. And I'm not sure what time. It could be in the morning, could be in the afternoon. I'm going to just publish it as I see ready on that day. All right, so I wanted to thank you for sticking out with the scheduling changes. And thank you for listening to the premier podcast, Shining Light on Sex and Disability, Disability After Dark. Copyright Notice. This program was created and produced by Andrew Gerza and Crippled Content Creations with music by Chris Sujiuchi. Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and music are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission.